0: Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, April the 8th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the confirmation of now Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson and Tom Cotton's poor showing during the uh, vote and hearing the latest in several uh, court issues, the departure of Health Secretary Jose Romero, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So, one, one bit of good news this year, uh, been lots, lots of bad news in the last year plus, is the confirmation of the first female black justice, Katanji Brown-Jackson.
1: Yeah, it was a great thing. I mean, it, it doesn't, doesn't help the broader picture very much because she's just going to be still in a minority of three on the court as a, as a reasonable voice, but it's the first black woman. She's supremely qualified. She is by no means the radical she's depicted as, although I have no doubt that she will fall relatively comfortably in the so called liberal camp. But uh, I think the one great question is did the Republicans help themselves by this uniform, nasty, vile opposition to her? Because the majority of Americans thought she was qualified and she'd be confirmed. Uh, And, you know, there were some people who really stood out, the usual suspects, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and and Tom Cotton with just over the top criticism of her that was very often inaccurate and so inaccurate that it's fair to call it dishonest. I mean, Tom Cotton had to know a lot of the crap he said was not true. And, And some of it was just wrong. I mean, he blamed Joe Biden for people being released from prison when it's a Donald Trump sentencing reform law, one of the few good things Donald Trump did. Uh, Her record on sentencing is no worse than any other mainstream judge. He lied about her being a counsel on a case after she was a public defender for a guy in Guantanamo because the records were screwed up and he didn't know any better. But he was just so quintessentially nasty Tom Cotton. And I guess the question is, is, are Trump supporters so bad that they like that? And, and and I can't say for certainty that that's not so, but but even Ted Cruz has a certain amiable oiliness about him, which Tom Cotton just can't muster.
0: He's just a nasty son of a bitch. That's all. <laughs> so is, do we think he's really going to run for president?
1: Well, I don't think he'll run against Trump, but I think, you know, he's been visiting New Hampshire and visiting Iowa and doing all, making all the courtesy calls. and. I think he plans to run if the opening is there.
0: Or, or maybe step in as a VP candidate.
1: Well, I'm sure he'd be available for whatever. And thanks to one of Jim Hendren's awful acts as a legislator before he, he found a, a better way was to pass a law that allows Tom Cotton to run for reelection and president in the same year, which he used to couldn't have done under, the, under Arkansas law. And so I think we're home with him. That's all.
0: All right, well, let's move on and talk about uh, a few court-related issues. Uh, we talked about uh, a lawsuit um, that was aimed at stopping some voter suppression efforts. It unsurprisingly uh, uh, ran into a roadblock at the state Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, it looks like our state Supreme Court is now becoming like the majority, the conservative-controlled U.S. Supreme Court, sort of a shadow docket. If uh, the attorney general Republican comes in with an emergency request to stop a, a court order, they do it. And they did it in the case of these four vote suppression laws without arguments. Uh, the the state tried to get a ruling without the other side even getting a response in. They managed to get it in. Uh, but within two hours after they filed the state Supreme Court rule, they were planning to do this anyway. It was a particularly well-reasoned decision that, that made a pretty strong case that the Arkansas Constitution was violated by these laws that make it harder to do absentee voting. And the Supreme Court said, go ahead and use them anyway. That's about the long and short of it. And and if they elect a couple more Republicans, which seems likely in this year's judicial elections, it'll be even worse. And so those laws will take effect. I guess the good news is, is that the COVID thing is dying down, and perhaps absentee voting won't be as heavy this year as it was in 2020, we can, we can hope anyway, because that was the motive for these laws all over the country by Republicans, is absentee voting was heavily favored by Democrats, and so they put up as many obstacles as they could to make it hard to vote absentees, or if you do, to get your vote thrown out. So that's where we are in Arkansas.
0: So what's going on in the uh, the federal lawsuit uh, over the ban on care for trans children trans, transgender children?
1: Well, uh, you know there is uh, everybody's sitting on pins and needles really I mean there's the judge is enjoying the law at the district court level and they're proceeding to trial on the case, which given his injunction seems likely to be decided in the plaintiffs' favor against the law. Uh, although the, the the attorney general has been dragging their feet, uh, and legislators have on providing information that's been sought by the plaintiffs and the judge this week at a hearing and said, "No, you got to turn this stuff over." And what's called discovery—that's gathering evidence for a trial—and which will undoubtedly show how anti-trans Arkansas politicians are. But in the meanwhile, everybody's sitting on pins and needles. The, the state has already appealed the issue of the injunction to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. And we're just sitting waiting to see what they'll do. And I mean, I think the fear is great that the Eighth Circuit will lift the injunction and, and allow the law to take effect. And it's extremely conservative. There's only one Democratic appointee on the whole of court bunch of them are Trump appointees. They're right-wing Republicans. Uh, They're unfriendly to uh, abortion cases, and I have no reason to believe they'll be anything but unfriendly to things that look after transgender people, so I just don't know. I I think that if there's any guessing, the guessing is the news will be bad. Until then, care can still be provided in Arkansas. Arkansas Children's Hospitals Clinic is still open, but I think everybody thinks it's kind of hanging by a thread.
0: There was uh, a uh, a ruling in Florida uh, about some voter suppression efforts there, that, including a, a, a tweak uh, against Lee Rudowski, the federal judge in Arkansas.
1: Right. Uh, it, it's a masterful. There's like a 280-page opinion, just a ringing defense of the Voting Rights Act. And really a direct challenge to the Supreme Court, which seems intent with its current majority at, at undoing the Voting Rights Act entirely and making it useless. And in the course of it, it cited alarming things that have occurred, one of them being Lee Rudowski's ruling in Arkansas, that uh, you can't challenge redistricting as a private citizen, only only the Justice Department can do it. And this was a private citizen action in Florida. and. Uh, they, they prevailed and he said that it was just not, uh, you know, it's not, not supported by years of precedent. And, but, but I think Rudowski thinks he's, the Supreme Court will eventually go along with him. He's so far the only judge in the country, even some Texas judges who were Trump appointees wouldn't rule like Rudowski did. They said they were bound to honor precedent. But uh, we'll see. But in any of it, it was a backhanded slap at Rudowski, if nothing else.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, State Health Secretary Jose Romero announced that he was leaving uh, this week. He's headed to the CDC. He follows his predecessor and I believe the chief of staff of the health department. Yeah, this is
1: like three Arkansans have now gone to work for the CDC. And, uh, you know, Romero had a tough job. Of course, he was sued. He was berated by legislators. There were People running for office this year said the first thing they'll do is fire Jose Romero if they get elected. That sort of thing and and. There was a time or two and back when we were having daily news conferences with the governor that. You could tell his back was up a little bit about it, but he maintained his cool and he did his job and he kept calling it like he saw it, which was you need to wear a mask and you need to get shots, which was and that ivermectin and and, uh, hydroxychloroquine whatever it's called, were not uh, believed to be suitable treatments for COVID-19, and he got a lot of grief for it. And, you know, he avoided at the news conference answering the question of whether the grief he caught was part of the reason he left. And I think he later gave an interview where he said, well, I'm not backing down from anybody. I don't run from a fight. But, but you know, you have to believe – Putting up with that kind of crap makes another job seem a little more attractive. He was somewhat emotional when he made his decision. I think he was a good guy, did a good job, and he was an expert in the field, and he'll be hard to replace. And I think anybody who comes in has has to look at the treatment that we're giving the, the, the people who preceded it.
0: Uh, Trent Gardner said that the, the legislature, I guess the Senate, should confirm the the next health uh, well segment.
1: fortunately fortunately trent garner won't be around to kick around much anymore He he's not going to be there next year but this but this does illustrate a problem which is the legislature both constitutionally through some things that's put on the ballot and by its actions really have have a growing disrespect for the executive branch and they really think that they should be the government of arkansas including in executive appointments and uh, you know, a state run entirely by Trent Garner—that's uh, that's not a happy prospect.
0: All right. Well, we've we've made it through our scheduled topics, so let's let's talk about a few other things. Uh, Andy Davis, former state legislator, got named to be UAMS's lobbyist this week.
1: Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I I don't think. He has a background in medical affairs, but he's a former Republican legislator, and that was his chief qualification. People, people like Andy; they think he's a nice guy. I mean, I'm, and I don't think that has much to do with qualifications. I know he ran a not apparently not that successful business uh, sewage waste treatment plants for private property, and tried to pass legislation that enhanced his business when he was in the legislature. And in my view, he's just another one in a long line of Republican grifters who all the time decry big government and wasteful spending and can't wait to hook on to another government kit to get rich off of. He's going to make a quarter million dollars a year, gets a 20% match of his salary for retirement, gets a gold plated health insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance and life insurance. What's not to like? So but, you know, so, I mean, it's kind of more of the same one, one in a one in a long line of Jeremy Gillums, Johnny Keys, uh, And there have been Shane broadways. There have been Democrats, too, as all these guys of public services, what they mean is they see it as a path to riches and Andy's just the latest. That's all.
0: Uh, one of his former colleagues, Michael Lamro, also got a Cush state <laughs> board position.
1: Yeah, Michael Lamro, who's who has danced very close to the flame in a bunch of smelly ethical situations being on the, on the, on the payroll of a, basically a lobby group while in the legislature, passing legislation that benefited a legal client, getting some suspect legal fees, working for a crooked South Arkansas social services agency, sitting in on the meeting where Michael Morton talked about which judicial candidates he was going to be sending money to and what ended up being a bribery scandal with Mike Maggio, yeah, he, Governor Hutchinson. Of course, he was Hutchinson's chief of staff before. He suddenly departed to become a lobbyist because it was clear some of this bad stuff was about to come out. Uh, Hutchinson appointed his old friend to the Arkansas Tech Board of Trustees. I mean, an ethically suspect guy to the university board. Why not? I and mean, that's the, the, the swamp that existed in Arkansas during Democratic rule. Has been uh, has been increased by many multiples under Republican leadership.
0: We talked about it. I think the last podcast, um, the city of Litterock would like to build a parking deck on on Second Street, uh, Second Center, I believe, or Second Louisiana, um, and the the train has now left the station. The deal is not yet yeah. done, but it's moving No, on. They,
1: passed, they passed some resolutions that set the deal in motion and said, oh, well, this doesn't mean we're going to do it. Well, of course they're going to do it. And this is nothing but a taxpayer subsidy of one of the richest men in Arkansas, Warren Stevens, who needs more parking for his employees across the street. And now he's going to get the money back that he got from tearing down a block's worth of buildings. And he'll be able to rent some parking space as much as he needs for far less. And it cost him to build a, a parking lot over there. And the city will pay, will never Will never make enough money on the deck to pay for building the deck. And that's just how Little Rock works. The rich get richer. It's uh, I'm, I'm doing all I can for them to at least release pro forma financials on this deal. We already know that the city agreed. Pay $5.8 million for something that Warren Stevens paid $4.2 million for it and then tore down $2 million worth of structures on the land's now appraised at $2.3 million. And the city's going to pay more than twice that for it. It's, it should be a scandal, but it's just, as I say, it's business as usual at City Hall.
0: All right. Well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got?
1: Oh, I'm watching uh, Slow Horses. It's a HBO Max series. It's based on a book that I've read about. Some outcast uh, British intelligence guys, a bunch of loser sorry guys have been kind of detailed off the jobs and uh, how they screw stuff up all the time There's Kristen Scott Thomas is in it and Gary Oldman. And it's it's kind of funny and a lot of great London scenery. And it's uh, it's entertaining. The book was good. The series is good. So I can I, I can I can, re- I can recommend it.
0: Cool. yeah that sounds good There's, it's just like an, an overwhelming amount of TV and it's I haven't found anything that I think is just amazing in a while but uh, uh, I there are two, keep
1: up with all of it
0: yeah. two uh, journalism related shows on HBO Max that I like fairly well one just came out last night it's called Tokyo Vice about a based on a, a true story about a, a an American who Uh, works for one of the top or i guess the top japanese newspapers he's the first uh foreigner to to work there and and starts covering yakuza uh issues the first one was a little bit slow i've heard it picks up but i you know it's just really cool the the tokyo setting is great and then uh there's uh another one called minx that is about a uh kind of a feminist take on a uh a porn magazine like for women. So it's you know, oh, pictures I read, I read, about I read uh, about that. that's and that's set in the seventies, I guess, or late sixties. And the main character is incredibly unlikable, but it is slightly warming up. But it this the whole scene is kind of fun and funny and there's some some really good bit parts. But um for anybody that cares about publishing both of those have some you know some definite things that you just as someone in the business you'll say no this is stupid this did not didn't happen that way but still pretty fun all right well well thanks for listening everybody uh stay safe out there and we'll be back next week
1: see you later